Welcome to episode 41 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm joined by our Bookshelf Customer of the Month, Hunter McClendon. Hunter is a native Thomasvillian and we'll be chatting all about books and art and what we're reading right now. Before we get started, I wanted to remind local listeners of two upcoming big events at the bookshelf. Um, The first is a book signing with author Bob Goff. Um, Bob is an inspirational author of the New York Times bestselling book Love Does, and he will be joining us on Thursday, October 1st. So if you're listening to this on launch day, then it's a week from today on October 1st at 5.30 at the bookshelf. Um, He will be signing copies of Love Does and interacting and mingling with customers. We're really looking forward to it. Then on Friday, October 2nd, we are launching our third annual One Book Celebration. Our whole town reads a book together every year, and this year we are reading The Happiness Project by New York Times bestselling author Gretchen Rubin. The events kick off on October 2nd with a flash mob uh, in downtown Thomasville, so it's sure to be a good time. Come on downtown at 7 o'clock next Friday, join in the fun, stop by the bookshelf to pick up your book, and a swag bag full of one book and happiness project related goodies. Uh, We look forward to seeing you at all of these events, and you can find out more at our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. Now let's go ahead and get started. Hi, Hunter. Hi, Annie. Welcome to my home. Thank you. It's very beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I know. I'm so, I wanted you to like it. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you must have tried really hard, especially since I've already moved into the bookshelf. Like, why not? You know. Well, and I've been to your house, and it's so mm-hmm. cute, and so I wanted, I wanted you to like my house. Well, um, okay, so let's talk about what brought you to Thomasville. Well, my family, specifically my granny, I lived, I lived with her when I was really young and she had a salon here. Okay. And so I just, that's, I was born and raised here. So, okay. How funny. I did not know your grandmother owned a salon and now you are going into cosmetology. Yeah. How fun is that? Okay. That's pretty cool. Learn something new. Um, what was it like to grow up in a small Southern town? So I grew up in, um, Tallahassee, Mm -hmm. which is small, and I think it's Southern until sometimes I go other places and I realize, oh, it's a different kind of Southern. Yeah. Um, it's a Southern that was really informed also by the diversity of a local university or state government. Um, so then when I moved to Montgomery, Alabama, I was like, oh, whoa, <laughs> this, yeah. this is different. Um, and the same is kind of true of when I moved to Thomasville. Mm-hmm. So tell me what it was like to grow up here. Well, I actually, it's so funny because I... I always thought, oh, I want to be so cultured in Thomasville. And in my young mind, I didn't think it had culture. Yeah. You know, because I thought culture was big buildings. Yes. It's very, everything's sleek and new. Yeah. Which really has nothing to do with what culture really is. I mean, well, I guess a different type of culture. But it was, um, I wanted to get out so bad. And the second I got out, I realized I missed everything that was really cozy about it. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those places that, you know, you think you hate until you go then you really miss it well and I think so Rebecca our store manager and I we have talked frequently and Rebecca also is born and raised Thomasville but she has never left and I think she has watched a lot of people leave Thomasville and then inevitably come back there's a definite pull to Thomasville um and just as somebody who has moved here um you're right I think the assumption is that the south isn't cultured or is a different kind of culture and you're missing out on maybe the things a bigger city might have and I think 
to some extent that might be true. Um, at a book club I was at recently, we read a book, which I'll tell you about later because I think you're going to like it. Um, but we were reading this book about small town life. And we, one of the questions we asked was, what would you miss about not living in a big city? And the first thing a girl said was J. Crew. <laughs> and so there are certain things you miss, like yeah. J. Crew or Jordan and I sometimes lament. We are not even late night people, but we miss things being open past 9 p.m. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, so those things I certainly miss. But I think Thomasville is pretty cultured, really. I know, yeah. I agree. Uh, and the history helps, too. Um, it's like a mini Savannah, Georgia, in a way. Yeah. It's got that... Yeah, and I think that it's really... Thomasville's really trying hard to make that happen, like, with its arts community and, like I said, the, the history part and the downtown shops. I think, I think we're going places. I agree. No, I agree, definitely. <laughs> um, so, when did your love of reading begin? It's really funny because I've had three major moments in my life where I loved... started really to intensely enjoy it, and the first time was when I was... Five at um, Scott. Um, I believe it was Scott. Did they, you go to Scott? I went to Scott for oh. like two years, I think, two okay. or three. And um, and it's so funny because I went there and um, when they were te- that was like in first grade, and they're like Hunter's having a hard time reading, and oh. and they didn't tell me that until my granny like was like, you know, Hunter, why are they saying you're having a hard time? You've been reading all these other books, and I was like, I don't know, and <laughs> so I got so mad that every day I was ta- making my granny and my mom take me to the library. And I was constantly reading everything, and and I read everything I could until I was um, in about fifth grade, and then I was homeschooled for a little while, and things just kind of like happened where I just didn't really have time. And then when I was in high school, um, I had a I was really angsty in high school, like most every teenager. <laughs> I was gonna say like we all are. <laughs> right, and um, and I read. Um, <laughs> I read books that I thought were like just like my life at the time, which was like um, Janet Fitch's What a Leander, which was like the adult book in my life at the time, or okay. Ellen Hopkins, okay. which I thought, oh yeah, my life is that bad, totally, <laughs> which it wasn't. But. And then um, when I was 18, my best friend Madison, uh, she went away to Georgia Tech, and okay. all of my time was free at that point, <laughs> so I was like, well, let me start reading again, and ever since then, I do not go a day without reading. I was about to say, how many books do you think you read in a month? In a month, um, on average, anywhere from eight to ten. Yeah. So. You, yeah, you're a big reader. But they're and they're also they're big books too. They're like yeah. Well, well, I can, I mean six seven hundred page books. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, you read quite a bit. I think um, it's interesting. So, you mentioned Scott Elementary. So when I was in elementary school in Tallahassee. Um, Actually, so I wound up going to a Christian school for most of my life, but um, for part of first grade, I went to a public school in Tallahassee, Mm -hmm. and um, part of the reason my parents sought other things for me is, and I think this was purely a teacher situation, you know, I think other schools and other teachers do a way better job, but I had been reading for a long time, Mm -hmm. and first grade, they're still teaching reading, which is totally fine and normal, Mm -hmm. but... All the teacher would do was she would stick me in a corner and just I would just read by myself oh for gosh. hours, yeah. which is fun but not school. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so um, yeah, it's really funny how those early moments and memories can kind of stick with you because I remember thinking, "Am I being punished for reading?" Like yeah. that's what it felt yeah. like. Yeah. Was a punishment. We're singled out. Like, yeah. yeah. Which is my I don't like being singled <laughs> out ever. So <laughs> unless it's for high achievement. <laughs> right. That's, that's And then, yes, please do. Um, Okay, so speaking of books and reading, 
part of what we do for our customer of the month program, which we just started. You're our very first one. Very exciting. Um, but we want our customer of the month to kind of curate their own shelf at the bookstore. So their own end cap and you get to pick which books and we order on your behalf. And then it's really fun to watch customers kind of look through your books. Okay. And so you obviously read a ton. How are you able to pick which books you wanted to share at the bookshelf? Well, it's really funny because um, I'm, I'm that person who I have like five or six really great books that I don't want to share with anyone. Yes. And I was like, oh, I don't want those. And I immediately sat most of those to the side. I came back to about two or three of them. But um, but I went, I made my list of all the books that I loved, which didn't, I think it was like six or seven hundred. And I was like, oh, these are all great ones. And I was like, but I'm, I don't know how many will fit on the end cap. And so yeah. I, um, I got it down to what you guys have. And it really came down to what is... I was thinking about as a book, I was thinking, oh, as a bookseller, what would be the best thing to do? Mm -hmm. And as some, like, to reflect me. And I thought, I always want to um, understand other people and, and, like, within a universal story, like, you know, different people that are dealing with the same thing I am. And and I feel like everything, because I chose the Goldfinch, which a lot of people didn't, it was very polarizing for people. It was polarizing. Because it's heavy subject matter, and it's very, it's very large and intimidating, and, um, but books like that and Blonde by Joyce Carol Oates, they're very, um, they're dealing with people that maybe aren't necessarily likable, mm-hmm. but are understandable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's that. so I think that was like a really big part of what I just wanted people to take the time to think, okay, well, I may not like this person, but I totally where they're coming from. Right. So. You've sold quite a few. I don't know if you've been back to uh, the yeah. bookshelf, but you're selling some. Off I feel shelf. really famous. Like, <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm like, you're welcome for my selection. <laughs> um, did you feel any pressure? So I just read an article. I'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes for folks, but it was an article about um, a, a person. I don't know if they were an author, but... Um, they acted as a bookseller in their town, so like they gave their bookstore owner a day off, and so like the I think three or five people in this town like took turns um, running the shop for mm-hmm. the day, and this person was so funny. In fact, I sent it to all the bookshelf staff because the author of this article was saying it was way harder than I thought it was going to be, and like just way more pressure. And when you were curating your shelf, did you feel the pressure that we feel of like what books I, to display? I, I did. Because, you know, it's so funny because we were talking about, because, you know, you know what sells here. And I, and it's, you know, you think, you think, well, you know, everyone would love, um, everyone would love things like Lolita or something, but, you know, people find that very uncomfortable. They don't want to read a book about like, you know, like old men, like, you know, creeping in on young girls. And and I was like, I was like, that's culture and they need to be cultured. (laughs) And I was like, but... Like, you can do culture without making people uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a fine line. It's really, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, because, of course, at the bookstore, uh, uh, of all places, you never Mm want to censor your books. No, right. And so we don't. But when you're choosing which ones to display and which ones to kind of advertise, Mm -hmm. um, Thomasville certainly has certain tastes, just like Mm -hmm. any town would. You just have to know your audience. Exactly. And as somebody, in fact, that was a really difficult thing for me when I first moved to town because... Um, so most of our customers are Tallahassee or Thomasville, Mm -hmm. which when I say that sounds like no big deal. Tallahassee's 30 minutes up the road. It makes sense. But Tallahassee is a very different reading clientele Mm -hmm. than Thomasville. And so trying to strike the balance between finding books that both people like Mm -hmm. or the, or only people from Tallahassee are going to really read this or only people from Thomasville are going to read this. It helps to have Chris on staff because he still lives in Tallahassee. Um, but yeah, it's a very different audience Mm -hmm. and to try to sell 
both kinds of books yeah. uh, for both groups of people can be a little stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, you're feeling a little judged. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's so funny because that's the thing. You know, I feel like you, if you um, display something like Tampa, which, you know, is about a teacher who is, you know, is like, um, what is Ma- uh, Mary Kay Anderson or, yes. or Luter- whatever it is. Luterno? Luterno. 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 I think it's, it's right. something. Yeah. Yeah. She, you know, she like was, had a, you know, a relationship with, yeah, with her student and yeah. you display something like that and everyone's like, oh, how could you? But then you display gray and they're like, yes, I want more, <laughs> you know? And you're like, well, what's the difference? You yes. Know? But, it's so tricky. Well, yeah. and I will say to Thomas Will's credit, I ordered, I think I had to order like 25 copies of gray mm-hmm. and then I wound up shipping most of those back so good Good for you Tom's okay so I am curious you said that there were a few books that you specifically didn't tell us about or didn't get us to order because they were almost too close to you what are some books that like you almost don't want to share because they feel like they're yours um it's really funny because I feel like a lot of books um I'm trying to okay because I feel like even though a lot of the books I really love are popular, mm-hmm. in my mind they're not like Swamplandia yeah. by Karen Russell. I when I first read that, I thought because she like the the character feels so isolated. Yes. That I thought, well, no one else knows about this because only she knows about her and now I, I was let in. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and that's and I feel like a lot of the books um, like that or White Oleander by Janet Fitch, like I was I was more open to that because I've shared it with more people recently. But right. um, even things like it's it's funny because whenever I was reading The Fault in Our Stars, um, Hazel, she, the main character, she has an imperial affliction and she's very yes. careful about that. And I was like, yeah, The Fault in Our Stars is that for me? And then it blew up and I was like, well, never mind. Forget it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I'm like you. I kind of take a little bit of pride in the fact mm-hmm. that I read Fault in Our Stars before it, yeah. before it blew up. Um, but yeah, there are a couple of books. Um, I really love the book Walking on Water by Madeline mm-hmm. Lingle. And... Um, it's nonfiction and it's about art and religion and it's really interesting but I remember I blogged about it I think and talked about how much I love it and I had a librarian friend of mine and she was teasing but I think she was partially serious because she was like you can't like this book it's mine like yeah. <laughs> like it felt like hers and oh gosh that is such an incredible skill authors have mm-hmm. to be able to make you feel like this book that was written for mass consumption <laughs> right. was written just for you yeah. um so I was just curious which ones. Well, and I will say this too. I feel like um, that is it. When I've read James Patterson before, I will James Patterson and other author. Right. And um, every time I read it, I'm like, well, this is obviously meant for everyone. I don't feel special at all. Right. But you know, I'll read like Karen Russell and Alice Munro. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I read, she has some of these beautiful stories in that co- one of the collections I chose for my end cap, which was something I've been meaning to tell you. And some of them are just so intimate, and there's this one, Tell Me Yes or No, and it's about um, these this couple who are both married, but they're having an affair with each other, And which I'm normally very, I, I'm like um, Rebecca, I, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, this is inappropriate, but right. she doesn't let you become aware of that at first, and I was in love oh, with so them, and, and I was like, oh, I know their secret, and like, right. I, you know, and no one else knows, and... And then um, people, I went to Goodreads and updated it, and everyone's like, I love that. And I was like, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> you can't love this too. Right, so. <laughs> um, yeah, books can become just such intimate, personal things. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, of course, I'll read a book where I'm like, you have to read this. Yeah. And then there are other things that I kind of sit with for a few days um, before I want to talk about them mm-hmm. because they feel really special to me. And yeah. um, 
Okay, so you are a reader, mm -hmm. but you are also a very talented artist. Um, in fact, I don't know if you listened to the last episode of our podcast, but you were name called on our last podcast oh, no, no, um, no. by author Prissy Elrod. She said she met you on Indie Bookstore Day, <laughs> yeah. and she was like, "I really want him to illustrate my next children's book." <laughs> so people love your work. Um, first of all, tell me kind of your background in art, and then I have another question I want to ask. Too. Okay, well. I, it's really funny because my family, um, they, my grandmother and my great grandmother, they wanted to be artists so bad. And mm -hmm. at the time, men, the men in their lives were like, you know, this is something that women don't need to be doing. Right. And my granny was very, she's like, you, you need to do this because you're good at it. And, and it's really funny because I've con that's the one thing that everyone says I'm the best at. And it's the one thing that I feel like because of all the pressure, I sometimes don't enjoy it as much. Mm -hmm. But, um, but for the most part, you know, I'm most entirely self-taught. Um, I took one class in high school and I failed it. And, you know, and, <laughs> oh, the irony. You know, they're like, you know, 33, you have a low F. And I was like, ah, oh. I was like, turn all the assignments, what's wrong? You know, and, but no, but I, you know, I, it's all just been about, um, the only reason why I even do it, to be honest, is because I have something to say, which is mm -hmm. the same thing I feel like with, with um, authors, you know, they mm -hmm. have something to say. Yeah. So, so speaking of that, it, how, you know, you love to read, mm -hmm. you draw, do you also paint? I do, yeah. Okay. I try to do it all. Mix it all yeah. up. <laughs> um, so what do you think those things have in common? Well, you know, um, I've been writing for a while for, well, I tried writing with a novel when I was nine, and writing I like more, even though I'm not as good at it, but, um, but one of the things I've noticed is that um, when I, when people do portraits, of, even of other people, there's always something of them, a little bit of themselves reflected in it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even with authors, so like there's no autobiographical elements in this. There is like, mm -hmm. there, there's like some, something in there. I feel like there's something that, um, every author, they're giving a piece of themselves, just like every artist does. And I also feel like, um, they're, they're both telling stories. They're both, um, they both can become universal. Mm -hmm. There's, I feel like they're almost one of the same. I mean, that's the reason why people illustrate right. so much with novels. So. Yeah, and the graphic memoir that yes. we've been talking about lately. Yeah, I really think, so a couple of podcast episodes ago, we had Emily mm -hmm. Arwood on, um, and Emily's one of your good friends, and I really loved something she said because I was asking her about, about her work and... Um, she kind of teased me a little bit and, because I said, I'm not an, I'm no artist. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh yes, you are. Like mm -hmm. you have beautiful handwriting and, and I, I don't know, even that one thing I thought, oh, and then she said, you know, we really all are artists right. and just, it just is in different ways. And, um, I don't know. I really like that concept that mm -hmm. we all have a story to tell, like you said, mm -hmm. because we, we do. And, and that just comes out. Some of us draw those stories. Right. Some of us write those stories. Mm -hmm. Some of us are great vocal storytellers. Yes. We get so many, mm -hmm. you included, so many people <laughs> in the shop who come in and tell these fantastic <laughs> stories. Um, so yeah, we all kind of have something to say. Okay. Um, okay. So where could we find your work? Like, do you have a website? Do you, where can you we know, find your stuff? I'm that person who I'm, I'm nowhere near, like, I'm not serious about it at this moment, but I have a Facebook, like, fan page, and okay. it's like Hunter Allen Logan McClendon. Um, my last name, well, let me, Hunter, spelled like a hunter, <laughs> Allen, A-L-E-N, Logan, O-L-O-G-A-N, and then McClendon, M-C-L-E-N-D-O-N. Okay. And that's, you just it's go on to, Facebook. It's on Facebook. All right, I'll put a link in the show notes yeah, too, so people because, can link over. But no, that's that's where that's I have mine. That's where you mine. can find some mm -hmm. of your some of your beautiful work. <laughs> um, 
All right, as a Thomasvillian and a young 20-something Thomasvillian, <laughs> what do you like to do? What What do you find to do in Thomasville? I'm always curious. <laughs> Tell me your best spots. It's so funny because I don't, like, I rarely leave the house because I'm always <laughs> reading, but um, when I do go out, I go to Sweetgrass. Okay. Because Sweetgrass has some of the, um, I don't drink, but if I was going to drink, <laughs> I would be drinking, um, you know, they have this like alligator swing and stuff like that. It's oh, all very, okay. it's very earthy, okay. and I, but it's still really yummy. And it also, everything makes me think of Swamplandia because okay. that's the life I want to live. Yes. And, um, but, uh, Sweetgrass is great. And I'm just like going to the parks. Um, okay. like what is, uh, what's the one with the lake? lake. Oh, Cherokee Lake. Cherokee Lake. Thank yeah. you. I like going there because I just, it's very relaxing and, um, and you know, I like to I like to walk around downtown just for fun. But if I'm going to go somewhere, I just feel like because um, the Rose Garden is yes, close to there. Yeah, that's right. It is. And I feel like it's a very because um, you know, like isn't Thomasville famous for the roses? Yes. Like, you know, that's all I've ever known about yes. the roses. And, <laughs> and I feel like if I if I want to feel like I'm in Thomasville, like I tend to go there. And it okay. Just makes me feel very. Feels like at home, yes. I guess. Um, you mentioned that you went away. To, where else have you lived besides Thomasville? I've lived um, in a bunch of other small towns around Georgia. I lived in this place called Morris, Georgia, which is near Blakely, Georgia. And in Morris, there's um, there's two gas stations, um, a liquor store, <laughs> a, um, a, there's a Dollar General. There's like five there's stores all together. There's always a Dollar General. There's always a Dollar General. <laughs> oh, gosh. And there's this place called Rubo's, and they always had um, just, you know, all of their celery and all of their um, cabbage and everything it was always wilted. And, and I was like, man. And, and I was like, I missed. I always thought that Thomasville was the smallest town that there could ever be. Yeah, and it's went, not. It's not. No, this is a big town compared to most places. Yeah, Jordan and I, so sometimes on Sundays, mm. we haven't lately, but like mm -hmm. during the summer and spring, we were like, we need to get to know places around Thomasville. Mm -hmm. Because when we lived in Tallahassee, Thomasville was a little getaway spot. Mm -hmm. So we were like, we need to find another little getaway spot. Mm -hmm. Harder than you might think, because... Yeah. Thomasville is a rather large southern, yeah. <laughs> small southern town, yeah. um, because we have found some really quirky, tiny towns around here, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're really fun to visit, but I'm glad I don't have to live there. No, I agree, no, because, um, well, it's so funny, because, you know, I feel like Thomasville is actually the one place um, in this general area that doesn't have a really nasty... Um, uh, like t uh, side title, you know, like Talanasty, or you know, or um, or what is it? Uh, or what is the K Rose? I don't know. They K have Rose. like, um, what is their county? Oh, oh, oh no, La uh, no, Lowndes is Valdosta. No, I don't know, but they have like it's just like you know we're we're the only one that doesn't have this like little appendage that's like saying you know this is this is the dirty part you know right we're, we're the clean city you know you so. can't make up dirty nicknames about us right so I'm proud of that so. <laughs> that's our claim to fame <laughs> yes. Um, well, you obviously, you're a big supporter of the bookshelf and we are super grateful. <laughs> what are some of your other favorite bookstores or do you have other places that you love to um, go? Well, I'm very dedicated to you guys. You are very dedicated. Yeah. No, it's really funny because people, they'll try to get me books from, you know, Books A Million or, um, or Barnes and Noble and I'll be like, excuse me, <laughs> but I will not let you, you know, put me in this little corner where I'm going to be cheating on your love. You know? It um, does feel like cheating doesn't it yeah because i will say as a bookshelf owner occasionally when i've been in tallahassee mm -hmm. jordan and i still like to browse barnes and noble yeah. now right now it's a little bit under construction in tallahassee <laughs> um but whenever i go in there i almost feel like what if i run into someone i know like yeah. this isn't who i am like yes. <laughs> i'm an indie bookstore person <laughs> yeah. and here i am in barnes and noble so you do feel like you're having an affair or i something. do yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's really funny because you know I, i'm um what there was um i i don't know there well i will 
I'm trying to, my, I lost my name. Oh, the only place I don't feel like that is with the Goodwill bookstores. Yes. Because I'm like, well, no one knows. There's no, like, there's no, like, I'm not, like, Books a Million isn't sending out information saying that I, Hunter McClendon, bought this book, you right. know, because it's not like, used. And I'm like, okay, I feel safe. I feel and you're recycling. Like, you're and doing yeah. something good for the earth. Right. Like, so. Yeah, and you can find a steal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Used bookstores. They're in their That's, own breed. So I well, don't feel as cheaty. No. <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you this much, too. If I go to, every time I go to the Goodwill bookstore, I go straight back to the, the bookshelf just to show my, you know, my dedication, <laughs> my loyalty. Make it even. Yeah. <laughs> one purchase here, one here. Exactly. Um. <laughs> Although I will say one of my um, um, one of my friends' moms for my birthday sent me books that she had ordered from Books a Million, and I was like, oh, "Well, she's over forty, so I can't be mean to her." Right? Like, <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> yeah. They don't get it, right? Why? And so, but she um, but she sent me some books that I was. Um, she sent me Monkeys by Susan Minow, which I think is a lovely book, and okay. A Single Man by Christopher Isherwood, which that I, one looks good. I love. Well, she sent she got the right cover, so I was okay. very happy. And then she sent me um, Everybody Rise, which you've read. And, oh my gosh, it's so good! But here, I, I was I really excited, but it has um, it has the you know the, the bestseller listing the on it now. On yeah, it has the sticker now, and I was like, oh, this is awful. I was like, I don't know how to deal with this now. That there's this here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, okay, so what are you reading right now? I'm reading Girls in Trucks by Katie Crouch. Okay. I have not read her before. Is it good? Oh, I, okay. I, when I first, I've always told everyone, I believe that different books are supposed to be read at different times. Uh-huh. You know, I believe Absolutely. it's, you know, serendipity, whatever. You yes, know. Yeah. that's true. And, um, but I read Abroad. Okay. Um, which everyone, you said yes, was. Yes, that looks so good. And, and it's a beautiful cover and it's a great it's a book. It's a really good cover. But I had just read The Secret History, and everyone was saying, you know, this is like the next Secret History type book, oh. and, and I feel like it was, it, it's like putting, it's comparing apples to oranges in a way. Yes. Because they are different types of stories. And it kind of sets you up for... Yes. Yeah. I but I reread Abroad recently, just okay. to like give it another, you know, go, and because I loved it the first time, but I loved it even better this time, not comparing it to anything. Yes. And I also, Men and Dogs, which is on my NCAP. Yes. That is a great, fun, easy read because you feel like because it's well written, but Should it's I not. Should I take it to the beach this weekend? I think so. It's okay. a, it is definitely like because it, it's 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 I feel like it's above like you know, not to talk down to, about their author, but like Emily Giffen and stuff. I just don't take it as right. seriously as um, people like Katie Crouch because there's there's a little bit of weight added to okay. it. Okay. And um, but definitely, men, um, girls in trucks. When I started reading, I just started the other night, and it's it's a great great. Um, it's a little bit over YA, a little bit less than adult. It's like okay. a, that bridge. Which should I read? Does it matter what I read first? Like, which should I? I'm going to the beach this weekend. Which should I take? Um, I think that I think that either um, I think Men and Dogs and Abroad are are easier okay. like to to get into and go through more quickly. Fine. Okay, now I want to tell you. So I just yes. well, I'm reading My Southern Journey by Rick mm-hmm. Bragg, which I love, but not probably for you. <laughs> um, but uh, I just finished and read for my book club Shotgun Love Songs. <gasps> Okay, have you read it? No, but okay, I've heard. Okay, that little gasp. I thought, oh, have you read it? No. Okay. okay, so it's by Nicholas Butler. Um, came out in hardback, was an indie next pick, I think, last summer. Um, and I loved the cover, but just never picked it up, really. Right. It was one of those that, like, it was on my radar. I knew what it was about. I could talk about it in the store, but I had not read it yet myself. So glad I made my book club read it because <laughs> because it was so good. Yeah. Um, and it was about a small Midwestern town. Mm-hmm. Um 
really beautifully written. Now, there were a couple of things. I, I really do want you to read it because I think it would be a fun one to talk to you about. But um, there are a couple of things that even my book club last night when we talked about it, we were like, that seemed a little far-fetched. Mm-hmm. But I love reading a book set in the Midwest because I feel like I read a lot of Southern literature. Mm-hmm. And the Midwest is comparable to the yes. South in some ways. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it was really fantastic. So um, Shotgun Love Songs by Nicholas Butler. I think you should pick it up soon. I promise I will. Okay. Very so thank you so much, Hunter, for thank coming you. on the podcast. This has been a blast. Um, I will try to, I will definitely list Hunter's um, artwork and his Facebook page in the show notes. I will try to list some of the books that we talked about today. Um, you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or at our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at bookshelfteville, and we would love to talk with you more about um, the stuff Hunter and I chatted about today. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye.